Thank you for listening to the Cloverleaf Radio Network, where you can find shows such as The Hollywood Connection, Cloverleaf Radio, Night Moves Radio, and Soul Stories. You can find us on Facebook under the Cloverleaf Radio Network. We broadcast on Anchor, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and many more. Tune in anytime during the week. We post our links. You can listen on your own time, on your own day, anytime you want. We provide you with new material every week. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. today to be interviewing new author Lisey Limke. Um, she was published with Cherry House Press and she is the author of Nightmare Oasis. Um, she is very talented. Um, I believe she has a lot in store for her future and we've really enjoyed working with her. Hopefully we get to work with her in the future and she'll be sharing some of her work and telling you about herself um, her and her future endeavors. So and to keep on listening, just forward on to listen to our interview with author Lacey Limke. Hello, welcome to another episode of Soul Stories. This is Ariana Cherry. Today we will be recording with author Lacey Limke. She just recently published with Cherry House Press in her newest book, Nightmare Oasis. Um, I believe she will also be joining us at the upcoming convention in Urbana, The Dark History and Horror. And today we'd like you to meet Lacey Limke. Good afternoon, Lacey. Or good morning. Is it afternoon or morning? I don't know. <laughs> it's something. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something maybe in another like half hour. <laughs> We're both awake, that's all we know. Yeah, like I said this is usually um one of my days off from my day job, so I usually find it harder to wake up because I'm trying to sleep in a little bit longer. It's the actually only day that I sleep in during the week and <laughs> that's I sleep in usually till nine or ten, so I guess, you know, it's nice some people don't always have that luxury. I know today is actually my day off for my day job as well, so I got to sleep in, and I was like, "Oh, this is so nice." <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <clears throat> you just recently published uh, Nightmare Oasis, and um, if you want to talk a little bit about your book and you know where you got your ideas for your um, your short stories in there, and kind of tell everybody about yourself, you know, go ahead. <clears throat> well. Um... I'm very good at promoting myself or talking about myself. This is why uh, my husband always jokes that uh, uh, I was lucky that I was pretty on my profile picture because there was nothing in my description. But um, so I guess the the inspiration for the short stories comes various places, you know, like um, for they. Uh, I delved into the world of targeted individuals, people who feel that they are targeted by the government with sound waves, uh, electronics, uh, sonic pressure, things of that nature, and that's how I got that. And then um, 
my black cat is, you know, from my cats always, I have six cats, so oh, one wow. is always in the bed with me. <laughs> and sometimes I would have one next to me, and I would feel the other one at my feet, and I would always get a little, you know, what's this? <laughs> so that kind of that came for that. Uh, skin tight was just kind of uh, me and my friends joking around. And um, kind of just coming up with weird off-the-wall things like we would all the time. Various, you know, in the news stories and, and things of that nature. And, and then they'll never find me. Um, I don't know if anybody ever ever had those, you know, uh, safety talks with the cops would come to their school. Well, there was uh, junkyards where I grew up. And they would always tell the story about a little boy playing hide-and-seek and thinking that the refrigerator was a good place to hide. Oh, wow. And then they would turn the thing, and, and whether or not this, it was a true story or it was just, you know, one of those stories that adults make up for kids to keep them away from stuff, I never, like, found, I never got into because I could never find the story, but that always stuck with me. I was like, you know, what if a little kid actually did do that? They were out playing hide-and-seek, and they found, oh, this is a good hiding spot. And then uh, proceeded to, because the refrigerator is, of course, airtight, yeah. get themselves sealed in. <clears throat> That'd be scary, I so, think. Me, yeah, it, and I think that is. I think it's probably um, the my friends who, who have children, they actually say that that's probably one of the most frightening to them because... A fear like that is very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, their kid just, you know, being pl- being out playing, and then all of a sudden something tragic happening. Yeah, because <clears throat> I mean, once they get in there and they shut that door, I don't think there's a way for them to get back out. I don't know if they can push that back uh, out. So that's it. Uh, I, I do. There was a movie. I I cannot remember the movie to save my life, but I remember the scene where uh, the man he sets a bomb. And to shield himself from the explosion, hides inside of a lead-lined refrigerator. Oh, my. And I, I yeah, so I, I don't remember, but I remember that being in my head. Like, I'm terrible about things like that. Like, I'm, I'm awful. I am the person who, the guy who was in that thing with the other person, with that <laughs> girl, they did this thing. Yeah, I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> and then the other person, me and standing there like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, the guy who was in this movie, who was in that movie with that girl and that show. <laughs> Thankfully, these days, well, you know, if you have, like, your phone or something around, you're like, just hold on a second, I'll Google it, and then I'll tell you what it is. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, a, I, I'm the worst. Me and my husband will do that. Like, uh, we were sitting there watching John Wick 2, and all of a sudden, Ruby Rose comes across the screen, and <laughs> all of a sudden, it's pause. He's, who's that, who's that, who's that? yeah we do that a lot when watching movies around here like we like we saw that person in another movie what what were they from they were in some show we watched we i remember seeing him so then you know we look up the show we're watching and find the cast and like oh yeah and he was in whatever so can't really just watch a movie anymore without like having to look something like all the time oh yes You know, so I don't know. I don't know what if I could. I guess I could try, but you know, try to watch a movie without like no text stuff. Just kind of watch it without having to wonder who people are all the time. But I don't know. It's kind of a bad habit. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I don't mean to get you off topic, but I'm just, yeah, I'm totally, like, the refrigerator thing did get me, because, you know, my daughter, she'll be 18, but she was little once, and, you know, and thankfully she didn't do the hide-and-seek thing a lot, but I know if we're in a store, and, like, if she just, like, got out of my sight just, like, for a second, I totally panicked, because, like, that's, like, the worst fear a parent can have is, like, losing their child. Oh, yeah. So, totally get it. So, um, have you, like, always wanted to write, or how long have you been writing, Lacey? I know, because I just kind of got introduced to you recently from, um, our author friend, Brian K. Morris, um, but I don't know, like, how far your history goes back. So, uh, me writing has gone as far back as since I was able to hold a pencil in my hand. Mm-hmm. I was always making up stories. I always wrote multiple page stories for my teachers Mm -hmm. I actually remember one time I it was just the end of the school year and I was scribbling out a story for my teacher and one of my classmates walked up to me and they go what's that I said it's just just a story that I wrote for the teacher and uh, they said how many pages did you write that looks like a lot I said eight pages front and back and they're like you wrote an eight page story (laughs) for the fun of it like yeah this is good for me. I enjoy this. I yeah. enjoy, you know, making up worlds. And, uh, you know, this is why I got into uh, a big part about role-playing was, you know, you had to write out this amazing fantasy world. And, you know, things like that attract writers. Mm-hmm. So I was always writing just that one thing or another. Uh, my first publication came from, as a, a school thing, they publish poems and short stories from school children uh, in high school and it's called across these hills and you know you travel way back when you might be able to find find me in there somewhere but um and then you know the internet came about which being from a very small very rural town of roseclair illinois the internet is a godsend it really is Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of outreach and so to become, we have a lot of locally famous people, mm-hmm. but the internet can, it expands and it expands the formats with which you can use. Um, for instance, uh, a friend of mine, Cassie Soliday, she had a podcast called the Jammiest Bits of Jam Podcast, in which she featured uh, short stories from female writers. And I wrote on there and I would record my own stories, which... You know, I, I don't exactly have the voice for radio. I, I'm well aware of how I sound, mm-hmm. even though I am actually a voice actress as well. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a voice actress on my own show, so I, I don't know it, what worth that amounts to. But well, still, it's there. <laughs> well, it's your own show, and you created yeah. it, so it still makes it awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the Jamie's Best of Jam podcast is still out there for anybody who wants to read some of my... Uh, previous or wants to listen to I should say some of my previous works um, I had a lot of fun the, pad, the podcast is no longer around uh, mm-hmm. but she still has her own uh, her other podcast called Can Paint Girls mm-hmm. uh, which she features uh, women in the uh, the animation industry which if you enjoy that go and check that out cool but awesome. uh, so so then that ended that for a while and I was always working on uh my web series Dope Bunny and Clive which I had worked on that uh, Inception was 2012 I do believe mm-hmm. when we first solidified it uh, co-creator Adam Long and I we met actually through uh, our 
massage therapy teacher, Leslie Von Lincoln Terry at SIC Massage Therapy School. And uh, he was in the year after mine. Uh-huh. We became friends. We Our, our main goal when we created Dope Bunny and Clive was we want to be on Adult Swim. What's going to get us on Adult Swim? And we went through, I don't even want to know, want to remember how many shows we, you know, put to the wayside before we solidified on one thing. So I've been working on that for a very long time. I have all of the scripts written for the first season. Uh, so and a lot of people have said, well, like, well, this is really taking you by storm. I'm like, do you know how long I've been at this? <laughs> no kidding. It's been I totally understand I that. <clears throat> I said, I, I totally get that. You work on something for such a long time, and, you know, I, I get that. Yeah, and people think, you know, oh, you just got published, you know. It's like, yeah, I've had the stories written down <laughs> for quite some time. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, Back Alley Sally, I don't even want to remember how many variations I went through before I... Had so, like I wrote it out short story form. It didn't seem to mash. Uh, I wrote it out this way, that way, various other um, formats, and and why uh, everything just took forever to just feel around in my mind before I solidified on a poem that is published. Yeah. Well, like, I kind of understand, like, the, you know, putting a production or something together, while it's definitely not a show, it was a presentation, um, a normal kind of love, it was like, you know, the poems and the stories, I mean, basically the backstory, obviously, is a personal story that was 12 years of my life, and then, um, you know, poems that were in it, I've been writing for, like, the last, like, two or three years, and then I took them and put them all into one great big production, I mean, into a presentation that's, like, I don't know, like, 35 minutes long. So I totally get like, you know, building something into like a big creation and, you know, so that takes a lot of work to, you know, really produce something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, uh, yesterday I had a uh, storyboarding meeting because I'm working on my very first comic book, which is, awesome. I'm not going to give away the title just yet. A few people <laughs> already know, but it is a Christmas centric horror comic. Cool. And uh, so we had had the story written out for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'd written it out two years, I'm pretty sure two years ago, because I was actually working on, this is how dedicated I am to writing, I was working on it on my honeymoon. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there I am at Disneyland with my, my phone in my hand, clicking out, you know, ideas and, and uh-huh. things like that. Well, what a great place to get ideas, <laughs> Disneyland, you know, that's awesome. Oh, oh, Disney, oh, I meant to say Disney World if I said Disneyland. Well, uh, either way, but it's still Disney yeah, World, so, good place. Uh, I love it, I love Disney, uh, we're, my, me and my husband are huge Disney people. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, there I am clicking out ideas for that, and we're just now, you know, as life happens, you know, uh, we've both gotten married in the interim. He's had a child. He's had one. His, he's had his oldest child get married. And then, so we literally just yesterday have started storyboarding this thing out. Wow. And I, I have him and another artist uh, working on it with me. 
and honestly, I couldn't be more thrilled. Cool. And then as, as I'm doing that, I'm writing out the second comic I plan to release. It sounds like you've got a lot of projects in the burner, too, you know, going. I know, you know, people are always, always amazed about how many projects, you know, authors and artists have going on at once. I, I know. every Everybody thinks, you know, oh, I'll just put this on the back burner. And I'm like, if you don't get to it now, you'll never get to it. Yeah, I know. I, totally... I, I have a friend. I have a friend. He's probably, you know, I, I will say that he's probably a better writer than I'll ever be. And he makes these, he creates these entire fantastical worlds and all of these amazing intricate characters. And yet, he he texted me the other day and he goes, I want to do what you do. <laughs> he goes, I have piles and piles and piles of work that I haven't published. And I'm like, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and the time it takes you to text me, get in touch with the publisher. And, and he's, you know... A lot of people are like, you know, they got married, they had kids, they mm-hmm. had a job. I, you know, and I get that. Life, life takes up a, a good chunk of life. It, it does. And your creative, your creative endeavors tend to take, you know, a trip to the wayside. But, mm-hmm. you know, even while I'm on break at work, I'm writing. When I am on my lunch break, I actually... Uh, I kind of hit a plateau, which I was very, very tired. I had been working uh, on Dope Bunny and Clive on both of the comics and on trying to get into uh, Laffy Con, which I haven't heard back from yet, but I, fingers crossed it'll be my my last con of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I am printing everything out and getting everything done in my lunch break, and my supervisor looks at me and goes, you look tired. It's <laughs> not to be mean, but but I can tell you're tired, and I'm like, yep, and I'm still going to do it. (laughs) Like, just, you can be tired, but, you know, the phone's right there in your hand while you're scrolling Facebook. You can clicky-clack on that keyboard. Yeah, that's pretty much, I said, I try to take a little time. I think every author does, you know, any free time that they have, especially if they got ideas. I mean, a lot of them carry out notebooks or even on your phones these days. <clears throat> they've got apps, you know, like notebook apps or your little idea pads where if you have an idea when you're out, at least if you don't have a pen and paper on, you can, you know, put it down on your phone or your tablet, whatever you have. So, I mean, thankfully, like, with technology, it's allowed us to always have something to jot down our ideas on because I think most authors can relate. So, you know, always, you know, they want to write something down, even if it's not a complete thought. I mean, it's, you know, we're always thinking. <clears throat> I, if I, ever shut my brain down for five minutes and just enjoy blissful <clears throat> silence, I uh-huh. would be so happy. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Let me ask but, you, Lacey, can uh, you can you meditate? Because, like, I don't know if most authors can. I know something I've tried. I can't do it because my mind is busy. But how about your mind? Is it the same way? Uh, well, we actually, uh, going right back to uh, massage therapy school, uh-huh. we actually would do guided meditations or just meditations in and of ourselves and still still my brain is working like I'm calm and I'm relaxed but I can't ever just shut my brain off yeah I I tend to I a lot of uh uh stories that I come up with um believe it or not are actually dreams I have incredibly vivid lifelike dreams Mm -hmm. and 
then I, I can wake up and I can remember at least most of it mm-hmm. enough to write it down. Do you keep like a dream and, journal? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, like dream journal. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. yeah, dream journal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be often frightening though. Yeah. You know, when you get really, really bad ones. Um, in fact, the science fiction story that I'm working on, I've teased at it here and there. I don't have a name for it. I'm awful at naming things. I, I, I never feel like I can name it properly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it came from a dream that I had. And uh, so I've slowly been because as much as I enjoy sci-fi, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, all of that, I am terrible at writing it. It's not my... Uh, I wouldn't say not my genre, because yeah. I've never actually attempted it, but not the style that I yeah. am used to. I understand. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, you know, I keep a dream journal, too. So I, I, people who have really vivid dreams, they do make great ideas for stories. I was thinking that um, Stephen King said, I think he got some of his ideas from dreams. Mm-hmm. I know. I. <laughs> it's funny uh, you should bring up Stephen King. Uh, for two reasons. One is, uh, you know, when I, I first told my husband that I, I had intended to publish all of these stories into a mm-hmm. book, and he goes, how much money do you think you can make being a horror author? <laughs> and I said, Stephen King, and he goes, okay, good point. <laughs> and then he, uh, we have recently purchased a new house, and while they were waiting for some paperwork, he read our realtor one of my stories mm-hmm. uh, titled Sweet Treat, and she actually, she said, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and that's right up his ass. and I was like, did she just compare my work to Stephen <laughs> King? That's awesome. I was like, holy wow, uh, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's, that's my, a my good friend, it's a good compliment. I, I am awesome. I know. Uh, to me, it is, yes, because he is a fantastic author mm-hmm. and a, just a wonderful human being to boot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to even be thought of in even just the same realm as him is amazing because I grew up with uh, Misery, mm-hmm. you know, of, of Annie Wilkes being one of my favorite villains uh-huh. because she is so relatable. And I honestly, I, a lot of people give his um, movie adaptations a lot of flack, mm-hmm. but Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes is probably one of my favorite performances of her. Hmm. I don't think I've seen that one yet. I've um, more like uh, Pet Cemetery. I've seen that. I read that when I was like twelve, and uh, I one of my favorite works of his two book. I don't think they ever made a movie out was Rose Matter. Uh-huh. Rose Matter is um, it's like an abusive story. There's a guy, it's a cop, and he uh, he really is mean to his wife, and you know it's it's really frightening some of the things that he does. Um, so and then there's the Stand. A lot of people are familiar with the Stand because years ago ABC had a mini series of the book adaptation. It was a whole movie. Very well. Yeah, and then uh, the Green Mile. Yes. Yeah, those are. Very good stories, yeah. I loved Green Mile. Um, I actually began writing that before it became a huge novel when they were releasing it in mini books. Uh, it was at our public library when I was younger. 
And um, and then finally they put it all into one great big book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say you're pretty... I'll have to see... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, next to Stephen King, I, I honestly, I cannot remember the author's name right now. I'm drawing a blank to save my life, but um, the book Audrey Rose, uh, they made a movie about it starring Anthony Hopkins, but I haven't actually gotten around to watching it. Huh. But I remember I was... I think 11 when I was reading it, um, we used to have a place called Shawnee Development Center and people would just donate stuff and they had tons and tons and tons of books in there. Oh, and I wow. just happened upon this book mm-hmm. and uh, it's centered on reincarnation, death, uh, I mean, stalking, like, I, it's it's a very adult book for an 11-year-old girl to be reading, and I was sitting there, I remember on my bed, reading it, and my sister came into the room, my oldest sister, and she goes, isn't that book just a little bit scary for you? I'm like, nope. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I guess I never got, you know, quote-unquote frightened by the horror books in and of themselves, but more of, like, you know, when it... When I'm when watching Stephen King's It or reading it, Bully becomes more the the frightful character because that's real. Uh huh. That's and another I, one I have yet to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's why people were so frightened. Um, the Harry Potter character Dolores Umbridge frightened a lot because that. You have people who act like that in your day life. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. still here. Okay. I, I heard a, a click, and I wasn't sure what was happening. Okay, I was like, it got quiet for a second. like, okay, I hope I didn't lose her. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, why we still got you on, um... If you have your book around, is there any passage or passages that you would like to share from Nightmare Oasis? Uh, so, if, uh, this is another one that, going back to the realism, uh-huh. uh, I wrote this, um, do you just want me to read the whole story, or do you um, just want me to read a passage? I, let's, how about we do a passage, that way you tease people, maybe a little bit, and then they can buy your book. <laughs> All right. the story Happy Little Town and Happy Little Town um, was written as uh, after reading I think multiple stories of um, I want to say it was just various drugs, meth, heroin crack that had been uh, filling up my newsfeed as of late mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, I noticed will probably hit home for a lot of people. But, um, so this is the passage from the story, Happy Little Town. Many hours later, Amber awoke. It was dark, and the needle had fallen out of her arm. The band was still very tight, cutting off her circulation. She winced as she pulled it off and took a lump pull from the bottle of vodka at her feet. And so I know, I know that uh, drug use... And uh, stories of addiction can really hit home for a lot of people. And 
along with, you know, not knowing where your child is, mm-hmm. that knowing where they are and that you can't help them yeah. can also be very frightening. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the things that scare us in life aren't just like, you know, ghost stories or, you know, or, you know, and, you know, thrillers and stuff like that. Sometimes it's like the real life stuff that is truly scary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, is there any other stories you want me to read a passage from um, or anything? You know, that Back Alley Sally, it has like a rhythm and like, um, a, like a rhyme thing. It's kind of neat. Um, once you read like a little bit of that, I found that like it's, it has like this vibe, like this rhythm to it. So, so there's a reason that it has a, uh, a rhyme and a rhythm to it mm-hmm. is because it was originally supposed to be a song. Oh, okay. Uh, so that that's how it kind of became, like I said, I went from short story, vis, you know, everything like that to actually the poem, mm-hmm. which is why it actually has this beat, this almost, you know, rhythmic feel to it. Yeah. Right. So this is an excerpt from the story Back Alley Sally. I passed the minister's daughter with her mother in tow. Her eyes were wide like those of a doe, a harlot, a maid, two schoolgirls, and I sat silent in a small room, biding our time. See, it, I like that. See, I don't know um, if you've ever seen um, Ron Fitzgerald and his shows. Um, sometimes he has these little uh, small, like, uh, verses, like he'll sometimes every once in a while do before he does um, one of his his, uh, like, patients within his show, and they have, like, that same kind of feel, and I was like, I could picture him almost reading part of Back Alley Sally before he did one of his, like, tricks, he'd, like, kill me for calling it tricks, but, um, before he did one of his, uh, presentation stuff, because he says he's not, you know, he's a, an illusionist, not a magician, um, so, but, like, it's where it reminded me of when I was reading it, and it sounded like something he would have said right before he did, you know, his performance, so that's why I liked, like, the rhythm and, like, um, this, I don't know, it'd be great to, like, read in, like, a, a dark room with, like, just a little bit of a spotlight on the reader, and it would, you know, in a little bit of, like, kind of spooky, uh, atmosphere, like, it'd be neat. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, like, a, like a dark poetry slam. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. So I was, like, really picturing that when I read that, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I see you're um, working on Nightmare Oasis 2, I've seen on Facebook, and you've talked about that. Uh, so, the second installment, Nightmare Oasis 2, Nightmares, follows the same short story pattern. Um, but this time around, I'm reaching out to artists to get uh, original illustrations for the stories. And I've actually just heard back from one who gave me uh, two images, uh, which is amazing. She's actually the person who uh, drew the cover of the first book. Okay, Her name is awesome. Carla Keels. Cool. And, and I'm going to give her as much credit as she deserves because she made this and she's only 16 years old. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, she... She's actually the daughter of one of my beta readers. Okay. And, you know, uh, I, I had mentioned to him that I was looking, you know, for artists. He was, And she was looking for uh, things to fill her portfolio with. So why not come together? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I have a few more artists uh, lined up. Uh, 
So I think pretty much every story, there's going to be 20 stories in this one instead of 10. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly think that I have improved upon my writing since the first book has come out. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, who I send these, you know, the artists that I send the stories to to go over, I had one, he just gushed and gushed and gushed over one of them. He goes, I want to do that one. I want to do that one. <laughs> I was like, and there, yes, please do it. <laughs> awesome. I have a few others uh, I'm waiting to hear back from. So we have a tentative release date for February. Uh-huh. And I, I have tapped uh, a good friend of mine to do the book cover. Her uh-huh. name is Candace Camilleri. Uh, we oh, met yeah. actually uh, at Metropolis uh, Superman Celebration. Oh, yeah. She's a fantastic artist. And she goes, what are you looking for? I said, you. <laughs> I'm looking for you. What you give me, what you see when you look at all of this, when you think about the short stories that I have written. I said, you know, this is kind of the area that I want to keep it in, but otherwise, you. And I get that a lot from my artists. They're like, well, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for you. You know, probably not a lot of people have said that to them, because usually you know, they have to try to adhere to um, a certain style or subject matter. And I think when they have the freedom to put themselves into their art, it probably makes it all that much better for them. And that's exactly what I want. I want their their unique styles added to these stories. I want a personal touch. I want people to not only read the story and feel something, but also they have this vision of what somebody else saw when they read it as well. Cool. I like that. I like that you do that for the artists. That, that's, that's great. I... I have many, like, I cannot draw to save my life, you know. My stick figures have scoliosis. It's awful. Oh. <laughs> so when I, so when I, you know, when I go to an art show and they're showcasing their art, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see more of them putting themselves into work. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um. Before uh, I go, I know you've got some conventions coming up that you're at. You might share where people can find your work and um, so that our listeners know uh, how to find you online and maybe where to find you out in your area. Okay, so uh, the first thing I have coming up uh, will be Pegasus Authors Expo in Lafayette, Indiana at the Lara Center to Benefit Adult Literacy. And that's on Elizabeth Street in Lafayette, Indiana, the mm-hmm. Lara Center. Uh, there will be Brian K. Morris there, our mutual friend, Todd Black, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, or, um, Kenny Sills. Uh, there will be just a ton of authors there, and we'll all be set up flying our wares. And all of the money uh, that you pay at the door, it's only $5, all of that goes directly to Lara. Awesome. Which is, I think, is amazing. So I love doing charitable events. Mm-hmm. And when I is that? I make a huge amount of money, but... Oh, totally. I, I said, I understand. I said, when is that event? I didn't catch it. Uh, that event is going to be Sunday the 11th. 
okay. from 10 to 4. Awesome. That That's a great cause. I'm glad that you guys are doing that. That's great. Yes, I, I love it. I'm very excited. Uh, and then after that, the 16th, 17th, and 18th, I'll be with you and a bunch of others at the Dark History and Horror Convention. Awesome. Yeah, that, and, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. I, I am very excited. I, I thoroughly enjoy, um, you know, of course, the spooky and the unnatural. Uh-huh. And I look always look forward to seeing, you know, all of my old friends and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Conventions kind of turn into, uh, like, your convention family when you start kind of going to the same ones every year. You, know, you look forward to seeing the same people again. Yes. And I can, I can definitely back and, and see how I have proved, improved in my con-going experience from my very first sharing a table with my artist on Dope Bunny and Clive, Nathan Bonner's, uh-huh. in Davo table, to <laughs> now, you know, I have my own shirts, my own line of custom bunny ears, my own business cards. Uh, we'll actually have new business cards available that uh, I have show cards for Dope Bunny and Clive, and I'm actually having just cards made for me for people to, you know, look me up and and uh, see where I'm what I'm all about. That's great. That's awesome. And so, I'll, yeah, so I'll hopefully have those in time for Laura. If not, then I'll definitely have those in time for uh, Dark History. Great. And then, of course, you know, if people want to read mm-hmm. Nightmare Oasis, you can. Uh, they can order it online at Amazon. You can either type in Lacey Limke, that's L-A-C-Y-E, Limke, L-E-M, B as in boy, C-K-E, on Amazon and download me digitally. Or you can have a actual physical copy delivered to your door. And uh, so I actually have one of my friends uh, that I write screenplays for. He's a local director named Mike Ricci. Uh, he posted a picture uh, he sent me a uh, a message. He'd taken a picture of Nightmare Oasis, and he on his coffee table. He goes, and it's in my grubby little hands now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. And I I was thrilled. I I have people like Brian, my beta reader. Uh, he came to me. He goes, yeah, there's like ten people on my floor that want to buy your book, and I'm sitting there thinking, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. Was why? But, that's okay, awesome. Cool, great. That's that's great, Lacey. I'm that's, super excited. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I know, and I just uh, had an event. It was kind of a, uh, it kind of got downplayed a little bit with uh, the president coming into Murfreesboro, but uh, we just did Halloween Comic Fest, and I was over at uh, Fox Comics and Games, mm-hmm. and I did a book signing there. I had people that were like what is this? I was like, a collection of short horror stories. They're like, oh, okay. It's like, is this safe for kids? No, it is not safe for kids. Yeah. Huh. I, I had to tell that to a couple of people. I, I don't know why. Uh, I guess maybe it is because of the way I look, because uh, I'm a young woman, that they go, well, you write children's books, right? Oh, good no. grief. No. <laughs> oh, no, don't. Don't <laughs> let your kids read this. Uh. I love how they stereotype females like we're all writing children's books. I know. I was kind of thinking that, too. And, and I actually had somebody, uh, when I was setting up the Halloween Comic Fest, I, I made a video about this because it was kind of catching me off guard. Uh-huh. Um, most people, when you look at me, they don't 
I don't know exactly what they see, but it's definitely not a uh, a 32-year-old woman. So I I should preface this by I walked into a comic shop in a T-shirt that says, this is my zombie killing shirt (laughs) at (laughs) 4'9". I'm not a very tall person. Oh. But I knew the, the owner, Dan Fox, and we had talked about this before. And we set up, we were setting up uh, to do Halloween Comic Fest, and he had a, a customer there who was picking up his, his comics, his pool. And uh, he goes, oh, you're a local author. I said, yes, I am. You know, I, I just had my first book published. It's Nightmare Oasis. It's a, a collection of short horror stories. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, that's wonderful. And then looked me dead in the eye. Crow's feet and all, and goes, so do you go to school around here? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've totally gotten that before. I have, because I'm only a five oh, foot, I'm only five foot, so I get your, I feel your pain so much. <laughs> and I, I have to preface this by going, no, I'm actually going to be 33 in a couple months, and his response was, oh, bless you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, when people ask me if I'm in school, I used to do social work, they would, and after summer is over, they'd look at me and tell me that I should be in school. I'd be like... No, I've already been there and done that. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Been there, don't, don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like, um, I was, uh, Halloween, I was at my church helping, uh, I was passing out candy and stuff. I was talking to some little kids. And one little kid must have thought I was a young kid because he asked me if I was going to be going trick-or-treating. And he also asked me if I would be going teeping. <laughs> it was really cute. It was funny. <laughs> so yeah, and I I usually get uh, from people, you know, usually in in their forties and fifties who look at me and think I'm so young. Like my day job is I'm a food service worker, uh-huh. and one of the tasks that I used to have was uh, being a barista at the coffee shop. Uh-huh. And I was up there one day, and this this woman comes in, and she's she gets her coffee, and then she's asking me, she's like, well, you know, is this a good place to work? What do they start out at? What are their benefits? Da 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 da. And she goes, would this be a good job for college students? I said, oh yes, we have a lot of college students that work here. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you're not in school. I said, <laughs> and at that time I said, no, ma'am, I'm 28 years old. And she goes, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought you were like 18. This is why I was asking. <laughs> Like, it's, it's okay. I, I get it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, at least yeah, it work in your favor later on. That's what I keep hoping. You know, when we're old and gray and in our 50s, you know, maybe we'll look about 30. I know. I, I just, I, I want the day to come where people stop hurting me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, is there any uh, parting words, Lacey? It's been great having you on. Um, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, and um, hopefully the listeners will you know, have a good time and they'll find your book and learn more about you. Well, so I kind of was uh, thinking about your, uh, your uh, embrace the light even in the darkness. Oh, yeah, and the journey through the and, darkness back to the light, yeah. Yeah, and I started to think, I'm like, well, what would that be for me? Uh-huh. So I guess embrace the strange, especially when it frightens you. Yeah. So never be afraid. No matter your age is not, is not anything to stop you. Children, 
life, your job, anything you have going on, there will always be time if you grab it. Yeah, most definitely. I guess that's when they say amen, sister. (laughs) It's been good talking to you, Ariana. Yeah, good talking to you too, Lacey. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, anytime. All right, well, we'll see you at Dark History and Horror. Oh, yes, of course. I'll be right there. <laughs> awesome. You ha- you have a good day, Lacey. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> and a parting message from author Lacey Limke. Also, check me out on The Spiel November 15th. <laughs>